The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, this is Paul Edwards on Tuesday Topics, and if you didn't understand that, <clears throat> there is something wrong with you. <laughs> that was uh, that was not a uh, that was not a person who can be ignored. That's what you call the voice of authority. It told us, Tony Schwartz. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is Straighten excellent. up and fly right. That's right. So now you've heard from two of our folks. You've heard from Larry. Hello, Larry. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, too. Excellent. And Mr. Brian, I didn't forget yes. you this time. <laughs> That's, well, there's a first time for everything. There is. How there long is. do you think it will take you to get used to typing a date, a new date? For me, I get a little fumble-fingered for about three or four days until I get the rhythm uh, of that new, new date. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting issue. I don't think I had... A lot of trouble putting out the, the the announcement for Tuesday topics, but of course, it took me forever to put it out. So, <laughs> hello, Mister Twenty. I've been using twenty twenty three the whole month of December. So that makes sense. <laughs> it, you were practicing. I was jumping the gun, boy. Let me tell you, I was anxious to get twenty twenty two over. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amen. twenty in the rearview mirror. Twelve twenty two twenty two. Hmm. We're gonna have we're gonna have one one two three two three this month. This is true. Are you into numerology? Hmm? Hmm? Uh, not desperately. No, <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> I am not. But I always I always read what I get on my uh, fortune cookies. Well, that's different. That's different. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about the wisdom of the Orient. Yes. Do you use Be My yeah. Eyes or Ira when you have to read your fortune cookie? I use uh, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> I, I use Margaret or grandchildren. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> Aren't they lucky, huh, Larry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, Depending on who's at the table, we also throw in between the sheets. Between the sheets? Uh, what? You read your fortune. And you yeah. append between the sheets. Oh, the oh I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. That you would, will discover that would make, new things you never knew about yourself. That would make for a terrific community call. Yeah. I always wonder Hi. about people who write fortunes for a living. Yeah, I... I, I always wonder about people who tell fortunes for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was four, I, I, I had this lady who spent about 20 minutes looking at my hands and telling oh, you me gotta to do open that. my you gotta, eyes. You got to do it with a four-year-old voice now, Paul. Come on. I, I will. <laughs> but And then she would she'd say, can I see your hands? And I'd say, yeah, you can see my hands. Yeah. So I'd show her my hands. And she said to me, and, 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 and really should be put in prison for it, when you are 12, you will get your vision back. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, my gosh. 
And what, now, did, what did you say? Oh, boy. That would be so cool. At four years old to be told a thing like that. Oh, my. Wow. It was not pretty. <laughs> no. No. Fits right in with our New Year's resolutions. <laughs> I'm not sure how, but sure. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, New Year's resolutions is, is sort of like fortune telling, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Sort of. It's kind of yeah. a pay it forward kind of thing, I suppose. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be. Uh, <clears throat> so, Mr. Bryant, did you make any New Year's resolutions? First off, I am of the philosophical nature of me suggests that if something's worth doing, why wait to the first of the year? Make your resolution beginning now. Whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, putting it off to some kind of theoretical date doesn't strike me as particularly helpful. It allows you to procrastinate. To so you, you are an, an intermittent resolution maker? I am a continuous resolution. <laughs> there you go. Maker. Okay. Now, in anticipation of tonight's show, I did, yeah. however, in a moment of weakness in my living room, when all four of us were present, I asked Kim, I didn't tell her, I asked her to not listen to her computer for a moment, for Vicki and Leslie to mute the TV for a moment. Just a moment. And answer this question. What do you want to achieve in 2023? And they were totally not on board <laughs> with the whole idea of even thinking about it. I said, I don't want to go through life just, well, what happens tomorrow happens tomorrow. I'd rather say, I'm doing things intentionally than accidentally. So my New Year resolutions uh, include uh, continuing to improve my health. I'd like to end the year in better health than I begin it. And uh, we should probably yeah. say to everybody that uh, over the last year, Brian has lost 59 pounds, which is pretty damned amazing. Yeah, I... My Christmas present were clothes that actually stayed on. That's all I have. Just clothes that will stay on me. There's only so much you can cinch up a belt. You start to look like a bit of a clown. Anyway, so it's improve my health would be number one. And I understand that's almost everybody's intent is to turn over a leaf and become healthier and naked, I suppose, depending on what you're wearing. This is what my sister has done to my mind, Paul. Yes. Okay. Even turning over a leaf has another connotation to it. Well, it, uh, it, but it's got to be a new leaf. It can't be a second half. That's right. That's right. And none of those old leaves. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> and secondly, I and not a am leaf. committing. <laughs> that's right. I am committing myself to launching and maintaining and growing my own YouTube channel. Ooh. Boy, those, those, those are some pretty hefty things. So uh, I don't know that I, that I made any New Year's resolutions, but I think that 
I think that I should make one and I should really make one along the lines of what you're doing, Brian. So I, my New Year's resolution should be that <clears throat> I will involve myself in some kind of exercise every day because I'm really bad about not doing that. And, and, and I am, I'm, it, it is impossible to describe me as a couch potato uh, because, because the potato that was on the couch has already rotted and gone away. So yeah, it's time. So I think my New Year's, your New Year's resolution will be um, will be to come up with uh, to come up with something I can do in terms of exercise every day. Yeah. So there. There you go. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that that I ran across um, a couple a couple of days ago was a program that was being done on the BBC where or or somewhere I don't know where I heard it but it was uh, two or three folks who who said that they had uh, kind of followed the rubric that everybody seems to follow with new year's resolutions so they came up with these really cool resolutions and then um, usually by the middle of february the resolution was a thing of the past. And so what they did was they said, okay, what we're going to do is we are going to, the three of us, um, make our resolutions together, and then we are going to make it our responsibility to check on what other people are doing to maintain their resolutions, and we're going to try to write our resolutions so that at least some of them can be done as a group rather than individually. And I thought that really made a lot of sense. I mean, it's, it sounds simple, but I think it made a lot of sense. Hmm. Marianne, any New Year's resolutions for you? I am um, aiming to um, begin a yo yoga once a week. That's one nice. of my goals. And um, improve my computer skills. And honestly, peace and serenity this year. I think the peace and serenity is good. I, in fact, all three of them are great. Uh, yoga, yoga is beyond my comprehension, I think. Um, I did it. I, I used to a long time ago. I, yeah. I know, back in 2012, I did it about once a week for about three month period. And I think I really did enjoy it. And yep. um, <clears throat> there's a company called Blue Awning that does um, Zoom um, sessions. So I'm going to hook up with them and see how it goes. That's excellent. Um, Mr. Rick, any New Year's resolutions for you? Yeah, I've got two. The first one is never to vote for Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> I can deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> And the second one is to not eat any more Walker shortbreads <laughs> after I finish the 4.6 pound tin of Walker shortbreads. Wow. Well, that's, that's good. Walker shortbreads are very good though. Oh, they're terrific. Um, I, I have been talking over the last year um, here in Jacksonville about how much I like dark chocolate. Mm. And so, Everybody for Christmas gave me dark chocolate, so mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how much dark chocolate I have. I I, I just don't even wish to discuss it. Um, the truth is, I haven't eaten too much of it yet, but but it is it it 
it is um, uh, it's an event me- that's going to happen. Yeah, it's got it's got medicinal event. qualities, you know, dark it's chocolate. It's very good yes, it does. antioxidants. Yep, yep, yeah. If you're going to eat chocolate, it's the chocolate to eat. Yeah. Well, see, that's that's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to increase my intake of antioxidants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's red wine and chocolate, huh? That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. There what a go. way to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Walker's Mr. shortbreads are anti-antioxidants. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Larry, how about yourself? I typically have not paid attention to New Year's resolutions at all because I do them throughout the year, generally. Now, exercise is something I need to get back to. Not that I need to lose weight because I don't, but uh, but from being a type 2 diabetic, I know that exercises is one of the staples that you need to do uh, to, to keep you know blood sugars in check, A1Cs in check, triglycerides, Cholesterol in check, although mine's low. Uh, so I am going to start that after I finish some of the stuff that I got over Christmas. <laughs> I mean, no sense doing it now. Let's start with a clean slate. That's I think right. I have a couple of more That's of right. Brian Charleston's chocolate chip cookies, too, that need to go before that starts. And then, because John has said to me, so when are you going to get back on the Nordic Tracker? I said, I, I got so much stuff going on here, and it's Rick's fault because he keeps throwing stuff at me for to, you know, to do for ACB, of course. And, and so I do those things because that's what I do. So I got to stop all of that or at least find time when I'm not doing something on the computer or whatever else, carve out some time and go for about a half hour to 45 minutes and then work up from there. So that's definitely something I'm going to do here early on in the year. Depends on, again, Absolutely. how when I get finished with the cookies. And that's pretty close. We're almost done. So we've discussed this just before, but did anybody say white rabbits? Hmm? No. Oh, see? I did. That's supposed to mean that I'm going to have good luck all month. It, yes. I'm not familiar yeah. with this. Oh, no, we talked it about about a month ago. We did. We talked really? we, we, uh-huh. yeah, on, this, we, on this very we show. We talked about it on the show. We did. We I did. That's why, that's, that's why, that's why I, um, that's why I didn't preface it with, uh, with an indication. And it's, nope. it, it should be particularly important for you to do it at the first month of the year. That was the show that Brian was making pizza. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might have been. Could have been. Could have been. Yeah. Could have been. The, the uh, year for, forgiven. So the, so the deal is, and, and we did some research and we found that this is, this is more common in the UK and in Canada than it is in the US. But um, there is a tradition where um, the first thing you should say um, on the first day of the month is white rabbits. And if you do that, it gets your good luck, Mr. Brian. Hmm. Did I say much on the first day of the year? Let me think. You can't say bunnies. You can only say rabbits. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, white rabbits. Yep. And, and it has to be white rabbits, apparently. Yes, and and I did it. I did it at kind of two minutes after midnight. So. Oh. Nobody was listening, but you did it. <laughs> yeah, but it's well. like Helen Keller falling over in the woods. Yeah, did anybody yeah, really hear? Did yeah. it happen? <laughs> no, absolutely not. But but I but but you know I I I try as often as I can not to lie to myself. So. <laughs> 
figure if you can't tell yourself the truth, you know, what good are you? <laughs> True. <laughs> so I, I, I have I have an important question for all three of you, which I would like an answer to. Please, have you in the past made a New Year's resolution which you have not kept? Don't all speak at once. I cannot remember a year where I didn't break at least one of my resolutions. <laughs> That's the value of having more than one. Yeah. Yeah, I think the exercise one for me, I think I've said I'm going to exercise more and haven't in the past. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably true for me. Not that because I like mm-hmm. to exercise, but I just find that there's so many things going on. It sort of gets it slips back into obscurity. So See, I, you I know, spend I'm, a lot of my time every day reading, and and there's no reason oh. why I couldn't why I couldn't read and do jumping jacks or something at the it's same. It's not time. as much fun. No, it's not and, the reading and, or the jumping jacks. Um, yes. Jumping reading reading while doing jumping no I, if i read it's generally before i go to sleep at night and that's stupid because i'll put the the timer on and in two minutes i'm asleep and then i have to go back and find it again yeah but it's a, it's a, I, yeah it's tough i i think i think guys are much less capable of multitasking than women are i yep. mean i i i bet marianne can can be doing housework and read at the same time i do I just yeah. stick my phone in a place, I put it in a pocket or something, and yep. I just go about doing whatever I'm doing. Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> yep. I do. Uh, Rick, have you um, have have you had some New Year's resolutions that went by the boards? Oh, always. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> always. Yeah. I think it was an Maybe exception. The shorter list in. for all of us would be, have you ever actually kept one? done a New Year's resolution <laughs> and kept it all year long? Yeah. A year uh, is a long time. Yeah, I don't year think, is a long time. I don't think I don't think that I have, but but I don't know that that necessarily means that I didn't do it. I think I think what it probably means is that I just forgot it was a resolution halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. See, Lent is a lot shorter. You know, if you give up something for Lent or you make a resolution or something yeah, for Lent, yeah. mm-hmm. it's a lot shorter. Yeah. It's a lot easier yeah. to stick with that. Yeah. Well, I think that um, I think that relatively soon we should open it up and see if we have any people who might want to talk to us about what they've done about resolutions and whether or not they've managed to keep them or whether they find New Year's resolutions a pure, unadulterated waste of time. Which is a which is a perfectly tenable proposition. So we shall we shall give it a minute or two later on, just so wow. that you guys can start thinking about it. The other half of our Tuesday topic tonight is what we expect to happen uh, over the next year, and and I'm not going to limit that. We'll, we'll let other people do it. So it could be. Things that you think your, your local chapter should do, things you think you should do, things you think that uh, that uh, the country should do, things you think the world should do. Um, you know, if 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 you've heard about some things that you expect to to, to be developed this year, um, or or some cool new devices that 
that you're waiting to see emerge. We can talk about some of those, but that's that's what's going to happen later in the show. So everybody can be thinking about um, some some of the things that they would like to consider and for the world to consider, perhaps, and it, or or some things that they expect. Either one, you know. I think we can we can do either wish fulfillment or reality, whichever turns us on. So, Miss Marianne, do we have any hands? We do not all. Interesting. And we right. outnumber the attendees right now, so we do. that's not this good. A, it's not good. This is frightening. It 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 is an indication of how important it is to get your Tuesday topics announcements announcements out earlier. So I will endeavor to do that in the future. Um so in terms of resolutions, let's see if if oh, there is. We have all raised hand. Aha! Uh-huh. Ta-da! Yay! Doug Hall hey. just raised his hand. And nice. Doug, you may unmute. Hey, Doug. Hi there. Am I unmuted now? You are. You are, sir. You are indeed. Okay. Thank you. Um, I have to agree with what Brian said before. Um, when it comes to res- New Year's resolutions, I prefer to do it when I feel like doing it. Not waiting until the end of month. I wanted to mention you're talking about New Year's resolutions. I went to Christmas part, uh, Christmas dinner with some friends, and you know there were three women there, and they all said that they were going to lose weight after the holidays. Mm-hmm. Of course, they never said what holidays or what year. <laughs> <laughs> that but is a good point, sir. I think that was a New Year's. That, I don't know if that was a New Year's resolution, but. Mine would have been, if it were resolution, would be that I am going to get rid of a lot of the clutter in this house. And I've been doing that since July. And I'll continue that next year, hopefully. And maybe do some remodeling of the house while I'm at it. Um, And I wouldn't call that a New New Year's resolution. It's kind of like presents and Christmas presents. My wife and I always felt if we wanted something, we were going to do it and not wait for a special day. Just do right. it. And same with yep. resolutions. I'd rather just do it because when we say we're going to do something in the future, we generally don't do it. Um, although, in terms of resolutions, I suppose mine would be that I'm going to do more walking. And not just for me, but also for my dog. But yep. I need to do more walking. And and. Actually, I've slowed down a little bit, which makes some people happy. <laughs> well, he, 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 Doug used to used to be a difficult person to walk with because um, because it, you weren't walking, you were trotting. No, I was because, walking. For me, I was walking. Yeah, he was trotting. <laughs> yes, he had he had he had dogs who he had trained to go at this at inordinate speed. He did very well with it, though. My um, my average is four and a half miles an hour when I was younger. Wow. Yep. So, Mister Doug, do you um, do you think that 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 resolutions make sense, or do you not? No, frankly, I don't. Um, mm-hmm. I figure if somebody's going to do it, they're going to do it. They don't have to wait for a resolution because, as, as Marianne and others said, generally people set up a resolution and they don't do it, or they don't, they do it for a week or two and then they forget about it. So if it's something you really believe in, then you don't have to wait for a a, a January first to do it. Just do it whenever you want to, you know, when to get it started. So it's not it's not resolutions that are the problem. It's holding off to some 
theoretical date like January. Exactly. 1. It may instead of, instead of New Year's resolutions, maybe you see it. Maybe it should be a a resolution in July or August or wherever that you're going to do something immediately instead of waiting for a future date which probably ladies and gentlemen you, you've heard it first here in july we're going to do a resolution <laughs> show <laughs> and i'll do it beforehand there you go when uh, i made my resolution in the summer <clears throat> to not drink soft drinks ever again uh that was literally got off the phone with my brother took the last sip of a can of diet root beer and that was it because you know staying starting sunday or starting the first of the month all that kind of stuff like this postponing if you're yeah. passionate enough about the subject then you're just you're giving yourself a way to um forgive yourself before you've even started you're right by the way paul you mentioned dark chocolate that's i suppose if a resolution that's my resolution i'm going to eat as much dark chocolate as i can get good 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 uh, that makes sense to matter, me Doug. matter of fact my brother-in-law gave me a huge tower of dark chocolate for christmas and it's gone wow <laughs> i didn't get any candy for christmas oh i got lots of huh. candy, I didn't get any candy. Uh-uh. didn't get a lot of candy but i got some so the, the the consensus of this group is is that is that resolutions by themselves don't work, or that seems to be the consensus of this group, um, and and so it is is there are there some things that we can do that will increase the the likelihood of those resolutions working. I think it takes willpower, of willingness yep. to do something and follow through. I know. Yep. Uh, I suppose if we had resolution, if I had resolutions, one would be to work on my financial um, health. I suppose um, financial independence. Yeah, yeah, and, but and, I, and I think you've done pretty but, well with that, though. But, Doug. Right, but and and I was just going to say, and and frankly, it's not really a resolution because I'm doing fine. Exactly. Um, ever, ever since I retired from the state, my income's doubled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course, working for the state of Florida is like being a volunteer. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, at, but but one of the one of the amazing things, and, 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 and it's it's sort of amazed me, is that pensions in in private sector jobs are almost a thing of the past and 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 if you want to have a decent retirement you're far better off even if you're working for the nothing that that a lot of state jobs pay you're better to have been a public sector employee than than a private sector one uh you're right you know in, in terms of finances it, it it just worked out that way but i got a call today mm-hmm. that one of my wife's iras came through today Mm-hmm. So nice. I suppose I suppose that means my health, my financial health in the in coming months is going to be better, even better. There you go. You can start to so, travel now. There Maybe. you go, Brian. So, one of the ways that I make a resolution and keep it is, even though I say I'll never drink soda again, uh, I say to myself, 
uh, never is a long time. So I'm going to say today, each day, yep. it's a, I keep this resolution today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. I'm going to deal with today. <clears throat> so I had an, an, an interesting situation that's, that's, that's sort of along the same lines as yours. <clears throat> so let, let me begin by saying that, that for, I don't know, 40 or 50 years, I was a, was a constant smoker. I smoked about a pack of cigarettes a day. And about a year and a half ago, um, I had uh, I I was pretty ill, um, and my my lung doctor said, you know, I'm not going to tell you you have to quit, but I am going to tell you you're likely to live a lot longer if you do. And so I said, okay, as soon as I finish what I have, I'll stop, and I did. Um, did I stop? Completely, almost. Um, what what I've sort of said to myself, and I've absolutely been able to keep to that, is the only time that I will smoke is when I'm is when I'm away and with other people who smoke, and that's meant like a couple of weekends over the past year and a half. And what's nice is, even though they say that smoking is an addiction, I have had no problem stopping again. But it's it's so it's been interesting. We you have know, another raised hand. Us. Sorry, Brian. Uh, let's hear. It. No, let's hear it. Debbie Green. Hi there, guys. Hi, um, Debbie. Hey, great, great discussion. I think I think one of the things for me that makes a resolution that makes a resolution stick or a goal is is to be clear about your motive. Um, when I, I lost a little bit of weight this year and I, I was pretty committed to it because I was seeing how, uh, the, the, I wasn't horribly overweight, but the, um, the excess weight was, was dragging me down in terms of yep. my energy level. And, mm -hmm. uh, even cognitively, it seemed like there was, that was impacting me. I've got some grandchildren, you know, mm -hmm. that are nine and 12 and I wanted to, you know, be able to engage with them in a mm -hmm. healthy way. Yep. So I, even as we're talking here, I'm thinking as the, when we can understand why we want to do it and keep that front and center. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think the other thing, the other thing that, that, uh, that I think we can do is I think we can really make, what we're doing more public if we really if we really want to do it because I think a lot of us don't talk about our resolutions because we secretly know that we don't want to be absolutely required and to do these things accountable yeah yeah so so one yeah. of the other things we can do if we want our resolutions to work is uh, put a big sign on our front door that says whatever <laughs> it is we resolve to yeah. do to yeah. Or just you know, and, and for real, just tell tell a friend or a couple of friends. You know, I'm working on this. You know, mm -hmm. check yep. check back with me. I've got a friend at church, and we're we're we got a little competition going in terms of our weight. You yep. know, so and I I don't even say good morning to her. I just walk up to her and tell say a number. You know, yep. <laughs> she, she does the same thing. You know, so just a little friendly competition going there. Yeah, I think that's excellent. So, Miss Deb. Um, did you did you make any resolutions this year or had you been doing that all last year? 
No, that was last year's stuff. But let me tell you um, an interesting resolution. Um, mm -hmm. My word for the year and is less, L-E-S-S. -S. Yep. And, and what I mean by that is I have a tendency to do, to put too much on my plate. Um, everything sounds fun. Everything sounds like that would be interesting to do. Yeah, let me do that. Yeah, I'll jump in on that. Yeah, sure. And first thing you know, I am <laughs> up to my neck and stuff. Yep. And I have kind of lost focus on the things in my life that I really value, uh, that I have I've kind of lost lost focus on what are my strengths, what are the areas that I can really make a contribution because I've spread myself so thin. Um, so my this year. I'm I'm going to be real intentional with uh, when I have an opportunity to to jump into something new. Uh, it's going to be uh, is that really what I want to do? Is that really going to uh, enhance my life or complicate my life? <laughs> so uh, it'll it'll be less. It'll look like less, but it'll be much more focused and much more fulfilling as as a result. I think that I makes think perfect that sense. sense. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Miss <laughs> mm -hmm. Deb, thank you very much for your call. You're so welcome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Very good. All right. Um, Anyone else, Miss Yeah, Marianne? just now. Um, ending in 219, telephone number ending in 219. You may unmute. This is Peter. Hello, Peter. Hi. Hey, my resolution. Well, one of my resolutions this year is to read three Braille books. That that's I that's a cool resolution. Yeah, uh, that uh, I want I want to increase my technology and I want to read three Braille books. So um, that's the, the, are the, are they going to have to be more than one volume? Well, I mean, let's not push this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I have to say, I think that that's an incredibly useful thing to do. I do, too. Uh, one year I said that, because I'd much prefer fiction over nonfiction, I said, I must read a nonfiction uh, between every three fiction books. And it really was very, very helpful. I got to know a lot more than I did before that. So Braille is the same way, you know. You, yeah, that's one way you well, can develop your skill at it. Yeah, I, I, I've been reading um, um, the, that I've been reading a scripture and stuff because sure. I'm a pastor, and so I've been reading yep. every week. And um, but that that uh, that's not length. Um, so um, I'm going to I, I want to read uh, three books this year, and that I need to get my technology level up. Mm -hmm. And because uh, I've got about 20 years to catch up with everybody else that um, that there, there are days when I wish that I'd been able to do the Braille stuff all along. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that's that. And and, uh, and then uh, I've been thinking about you know, what you guys have been talking about, you know, that, Paul, you can start out with uh, lifting weights by, by lifting pints. Yes, that's and, a good plan. Uh, you know, do ten pints. I can, and I can handle that. And if the and if the pints happen to contain beer, well, I can't help yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's a uh, good idea, Peter. 
so but that I have um I have uh made a commitment for uh a while now. Um I can't sit down and before I do uh some kind of exercise for about thirty seconds. So if yep. I get up out of the chair before I can sit down again I, I do something. And I'm always surprised that it's not uh, you don't have to do all of your exercise all at one time, but you do stuff like that, and um, you just surprise how many how many minutes of exercise you can put together in a day. So, do we so, do, do we create a situation, Peter, where where when we say I'm going to read three braille books for the year, um, where we can put it off and it gets to be November and we haven't read three? Do, do we need to set Timelines that are a little more specific if we want them to work. <laughs> well, probably. <laughs> that, um, Just asking. Um, Just asking. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pract- I, I got a new e-reader, so I'm practicing with my e- e-reader on that. Uh, uh, so hopefully I can get started soon. But that Because uh, I'm a slow Braille reader, so it takes me a while. So I I have um I I have the same kind of issue as you. I certainly read a fair amount of nonfiction, but not 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 nearly as much as I read of fiction. And so I have now essentially said that uh, rather than doing it with books, um, I I ha- if I read two chapters of fiction, I have to go read a chapter of nonfiction, um, oh. and. And that's actually worked well. <clears throat> um, th- th- there is a particular nonfiction thing that I that I just found the other day that I'm going to make my my magnum opus for this year. It it is um it's called America and the World, and it is a four volume uh, history of the 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 involvement of of the U.S. with the world from 1500 to 2020 um, published by Cambridge University Press Um, and each of the books is about 900 pages Um, but they're but they're also in in smaller bite-sized pieces because they they contain essays they're they all of the Oxford modern history books and Oxford history books are generally written as a series of of essays so um, I am really looking forward to those. I, I, I've, I've now read the, the first chapter uh, of the first book in that series um, today and really enjoyed it and, and learned some things. And what makes it interesting is these were intentionally kind of rewritten histories. They came out in 2021 and have, have very clearly said that um, – that in their view, the way that we have studied American history in the past has been uh, provincial and self-centered, and that we really need to be far more concerned with understanding um, how the world has impacted us and how we've impacted the world, because that's where we live. That's why you Uh, don't want to vote for Kevin McCarthy. Uh, that wasn't me, but I don't want to vote for Kevin McCarthy either. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, yeah, just to be I mean, clear, I, Brian, I'm with you. I've, 
I've uh, I've been and a lot of reading that I've been doing lately has been on um, how religion has played a major part in uh, the United States. Um, position on racism and the uh, genocide of Native Americans, yep. um, and that. Um, so um, I was surprised to count up this last year. I read 320 books, and um, and about um, and between 85 uh, and 90 of them were uh, research and nonfiction. That's so, good, Peter. <clears throat> That's excellent. Yeah. So anyway, that those are those were mine. Yep, thank, thank you, you, sir. Appreciate thank you very your much. Call. Yep. By the way, Paul, another way to do the exercise thing. Yep. Is I do my exercising before I'm fully awake. <laughs> I get up, here's the restroom, go to my treadmill, mm-hmm. walk on it at three miles an hour for oh, about twenty minutes or so now, and then go and lift a couple of dumbbells for a while. And eventually I wake up enough to say, what the hell am I doing? And <laughs> did that. But I've got my exercise in before I'm even half awake. Well, it, it's, it is, it, it's probably warm enough most of the time here that there's no reason I can't go out the back and swim lengths of my pool. Um, I just need to do it. And, um, you know that I, my my house is big enough. Just walking from one end to the other is bad. So there you go. If I do that a hundred times a day, I will have walked a mile or two. <laughs> Very good. So, um, any thoughts on any thoughts of on any of uh, Peter's and Doug stuff, um, you guys? I think the Braille stuff is such a good idea. Because if if you don't practice braille and if you don't persuade yourself that you really want to do it, um, it it is a it is a skill that doesn't improve and it it it, it really requires um, the kind of intentionality that Peter's given it. So I I I I really think that's an excellent notion. I I don't read braille unfortunately as much as I used to. Because there are so many other venues, so I force myself. Because if I don't, then I'll forget about how things look. And I don't want that to happen in terms of how, because I pride myself on spelling. Uh, and it's so easy with, with, with computers, it does Do the spell check for speller. you. Right. To, it, it is. It very is. And I see plenty of that, unfortunately, on lists. And I'm not going to name names, but I see atrocious spelling. And oh, it, there, is oh one, there is one message going the rounds now on the ADP list that is just pathetic. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, So I'm keeping my hand in, if you'll pardon the expression, to continue to use Braille in yeah. a lot of different ways. And I'll sometimes get magazines, even though, you know, I, I could, could have easily gotten them on the computer just to read. I read reference cards, computer reference cards. Oh. That's how I learn software applications. And I read them in Braille. Now I, I received, what, five, five NVP books, mm-hmm. Braille books for Christmas this year. Uh, anybody who thinks that uh, you ever master anything, um, they need psychiatric help. Yeah. You never, ever. 
master something. You work to try to get there. So I'm reading Judy Dixon's books on oh, Word yeah. and PowerPoint. I've got the PowerPoint uh, one. Yeah. And it, it to me, the, when it's nonfiction, when I'm trying to learn something, I learn it better if I do it in Braille. Me too, Brian. Rather than doing it auditorily. Uh, I can't learn um, computer applications on through listening. I I, I, have... I would love to have a Braille version. I bought the um, the Hable one um, yep. um, in at the beginning of the summer. Um, and and for those who don't know, the Hable one is a Braille keyboard that you can uh, use to connect your your iPhone. Uh, so that you can write in Braille. You can actually do anything that you can do with an iPhone with the Hable one. Um, but I, I am finding it almost impossible um, to learn with the, with the materials they provided and with some of the other audio tutorials I've found. I have not been able to find a decent Braille manual for the Hable one. So Maybe somebody will send me an email and tell me where I can find one. Um, but um, but I, I agree. Um, technology is far better learned um, using Braille, I think, than, than it is using uh, audio stuff. We have another oh. hand raised. Good. Nigel, you may unmute. Mr. Reichardt's nice am of you I, to come. Am I audible at the moment? You, you are. are you are indeed. Very good. Happy New Year to everyone. And I uh, just want to say that while we're whilst we're on the topic, um, I'm sure most of us know that tomorrow is, I guess it's designated World Braille Day, uh, Louis Braille's birthday being. And Paul, we're still on for tomorrow, aren't we? We are. Good show. All right, so uh, as far as uh, resolution is concerned, I would say that uh, the um, those of us amateur resolutionists <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, were blessed uh, with, with Paul's delivery to the Florida Council of the Blind about how to draft a resolution. Mm-hmm. Oh, a different kind of resolution. I'm sorry. It's just, <laughs> You're right. Different. That's about the only resolution that I have any experience, any exposure to. Seriously, mm-hmm. though, I would say that uh, for me, and I know it sounds very general, uh, I have wanted to do this before the year began, and that is, uh, of course, incorporate into my exercise schedule three days a week of exercises. And I used to have um, a total gym. Uh, it's one of the... Nice. Uh, it's a 3,000, but I had various circumstances erupted in my life that caused me to get rid of it. But I'm considering the possibility of acquiring another one, uh, but the issue is space and storage and so forth, although they claim that you can put these things um, under a bed, at least the older units. I don't know about the newer ones, and I'm wondering how blind-friendly they are. They're probably not, but I guess I can get, either get a sighted person uh, as I did before to help me through it. Oh, Jesus. Hold on. There's there's Kimberly. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> hang on just a minute. I'm on the air. 
Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so getting getting back to that, I guess, um, as Brian was pointing out, that's something that one should do prior to the actual commencement of a, uh, a year or so forth. Right. Make it in advance so that one has an objective to achieve prior to the actual commencement of a particular time period. So, yes, I... I did not start out the year very well because I did not do my Monday morning exercise yesterday. Will dun, I do dun, it dun, tomorrow? Dun. Yeah, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. So, but to, but tomorrow you have you have the Braille Club stuff to do. Yes, and hopefully we can get that done. It'll be done mm-hmm. by noon, and I will have the afternoon. Although there are some things going on with Kimberly that I need to help mm-hmm. her with. So yes, it's it's a yep. question of working it in when you yep. when you decide so you got to do what it. What time are we meeting tomorrow, Mister? Mr. As a, as a yes, ten o'clock. Um, Very but, good. But we're going to um, allow. We normally when we have guest speakers come in, we tell them ten fifteen, but yep. our meeting starts at ten. So you can come in and whenever you want. I guess I'm going to play host tomorrow. Nice. <laughs> so I'm kind of new at this job. Yeah, I, you're doing well with it. And well, Nigel is a, is a former president of um, the Braille Revival League of Florida, so yeah, he knows, he knows lots about Braille. Still on the board, and he is on the board. Of course, you are. Yeah, yeah. As immediate past president, just like you're still on the board of BRL. I am, and uh, I'm definitely going to introduce you as such. And uh, you have been introduced by Larry McDowell as such. So <laughs> excellent. Needs- I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Except he needs to when know. When did how you change your name to as such? What? As such. You're going to introduce what? him as such. As such. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> His name is Paul. Uh, well, you know, I'm sorry. I uh, <laughs> you know, when you've been uh, drinking champagne to celebrate in the new year, you tend to change people's names. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Mr. Nigel, please give Kimberly our best, and thanks for your call. I shall, and thank you all for allowing me to participate. I feel honored. Well, we are honored to have had you, Mr. Nigel. Thank you, sir. Look forward to manana. Yes, sir. What it is, I guess I'll just say real briefly that Mm -hmm. what I've asked Paul to participate in, I've asked him to be our guest speaker at our Braille Club meeting. Uh, We have... uh, um, a nucleus of, of blind folks in uh, Palm Beach County called the Braille Club. And right now we're in transition from one physical location to another. So all of our meetings are either taking place uh, virtually on Zoom or um, on teleconference or both. We try to link the two because we're trying to phase Zoom in as a, a universal platform. Anyway, unfortunately, the Braille Club is an example of declining Braille literacy in that most of the membership don't use Braille. So we're trying to phase that back in because that, after all, is the name of our organization. So uh, it just so happens that this year, Louis Braille's birthday coincides with uh, our meeting day. So um, we're going to do our best. You know, I guess I've appointed myself. Uh, the president has appointed me chair of the Braille Revival Committee within the Braille Club. <laughs> So this is one. That's excellent, and and there's um I think tomorrow as well, and people can check community calls. There there'll be a a meeting tomorrow evening that's being done by 
the Braille Revival League of New York, which would be pretty exciting. Oh, wow. They did a party last year. So, uh, Nigel, check it out and join us if you can. I will. I will definitely check that out. I have get the community calls list, mm-hmm. but I've been ma- basically skimming them, and I've been mm-hmm. uh, inviting people to join the Sunday night Braille room. Uh, Excellent. Is, yeah, yeah, where they're learning, just learning Braille, mm-hmm. and they've appreciated that, some of them. So, very good. Very good. Nigel, thank you, Nigel. sir. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good night. Mm-hmm. Good night. <clears throat> Braille is pretty good. Any, yeah. It's it's Go good ahead. that we're remembering um, Louis Braille's birthday. So uh, he's uh, he's getting old now. Eighteen oh nine. Eighteen oh nine. Wow. Any more hands, Miss Marion? Not not yet. Not right Very now. good. Not right this moment. So. Let's let's sort of change topics unless people have other things they'd like to talk about with regard to resolutions. We'll move on to to this. This is the year that's about to be, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find um, uh, that that uh, people have started the year with all kinds of of negative expectations. And so I was intrigued with um, an article that came out in in Time magazine today on their website that said five cool things that are going to happen this year. And so I thought that was fun because I think we often think about things that are likely to happen. And and I, at least speaking for me, I tend to be pretty negative about what I expect to happen. And we start talking about the Ukraine, and we start talking about. China's attitude towards Taiwan and uh, the the fact that the the British government has cut their aid budget by thirty percent and on and on and on. It's it's very easy to be negative about the way that our world is changing in the direction that it's taking. So um, I don't know. Does anybody want to start the list of things that they're looking forward to or 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 not looking forward to this year? I am looking forward to going to the ACB convention in Chicago. Ta-da! Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Well, most yep. of them. Most yeah, of them. I, think, I think there are a lot of us who are. It, it, it will be interesting to see how this, how this all works out this, uh, this summer, but I think, I think there are a lot of us on this call who will, who will be there that way. I, I, uh, Rick, you'll be at the convention where you expect to be, right? I'll definitely be there. Yep. Yeah. Marianne, you're going to come? I think I am this year. Very good. Nice. Yep, I think so. That would be 100% attendance. We should decide <clears throat> whether, whether we're going to try and do Tuesday topics from the convention. I think it would be fun. I think we should do it with a live audience. Yep. Sure, yeah. sure. Like a Larry King show. When he yeah, goes yeah. off, and yeah, yeah, I think it'd be great, awesome. fun. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, so that so would be good. So that's yeah. that's for me. That, and it looks as if my family is ready to take some weekend-like trips this year. Nice. You know, when we when we held the convention in New York. 
we were planning to go to Niagara Falls, and mm -hmm. we didn't do it. So I've got them convinced that, good Lord willing, we're going to make that happen. So I'm looking forward to that. As you can tell, the number one thing for me in this year is getting to see people I haven't gotten, haven't gotten, I hate the word gotten, haven't had the opportunity to actually uh, spend real time with them. Yeah. Yep. I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, Mr. Larry, anything you're looking forward to? Yeah, the, well, aside from the convention, which was already mentioned, I, I've been talking to people about this because I have a chance in 2024 to go to Israel with Ooh. a lot of my friends from church. This mm -hmm. year, uh, uh, in August, September, Alaska, I've never been. And of I, course, CSUN later on, and I resolved, although it wasn't a resolution, because I, I learned this when I did it. We did a movie in Vietnam years ago, and we were in Berlin for the grand opening. And those are opportunities I never thought I would have, but I took advantage of them. In some cases, yep. because of the movie, other people paid my way, of course, because I was asked to work and to do something. Mm -hmm. This year and next year, there are some opportunities ahead of me that I want to do because, well, you know, I'm, I just turned 68 yesterday. Mm hmm and I hope I have another 20 Happy years. Happy birthday. Thank yeah. you, sir. Yeah, yeah. We, you shouldn't put those mm. things in Facebook, you know. Everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah, I know. But most people say, who cares? So. Yeah. Uh, but, What's but the alternative? You do these things when you have the opportunities because you you know at this stage of life it could be another 30 years. But you do them when you, when you can because you may never have the opportunity to do something like that again. So I always take advantage of these opportunities and I get a chance to see friends, see people, learn about history. I think it's a, it's a very exciting time. Mm -hmm. Thank you, sir. I've been to Israel. You will love it. That's what everybody says. Really well. Everybody says that. I, really well. I have not been to Israel. Um, I, I, I think, though, that I, I, I am... I already have one trip scheduled, which, which, is, which is very cool because... Uh, a friend and, and myself are going on a cruise together that leaves out of Boston. So I'm going to get a chance to come up to Boston in May. And I have um, planned to stay up in Boston for a couple of days after the cruise so that I can get a chance to see people like Mr. Brian and Rick. So that'll be fun. We are looking forward to that. I have yeah. a very exciting thing happening in 2023. Tell yes. us. My youngest daughter is getting married. Ta da! She has been yeah. with the same person for, it'll be 10 years by the time that she marries him. And they've been engaged by the time they marry, they'll be engaged two and a half years. So I'm Aww. excited for her. And where do they live? In Pennsylvania. Nice. Yeah. So I'll be up. So you're going to go up to Pennsylvania Absolutely. for the wedding? For lots of things. I hope to go up and do lots of wedding type things with her. Oh, that is exciting. Terrific. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. That makes the year worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a nice thing to look forward to. <clears throat> it does. I, 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 have, I have two devices that I'm going to, going to get make myself learn this year so it's not it's not a resolution because resolutions don't work for me i'm just gonna 
going to have to convince myself to do it. So one is the Habel one, and the other is I I have sitting just to my left a, um, um, why am I blocking on the name of this thing? <clears throat> it's um, it's made by Freedom Scientific, and it's a, it's a Windows 10 computer with a, El Braille. With a Braille yes. keyboard. El Braille. The El Braille. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Is it the... Uh, is it the 14 cell or the 40 cell? The 40 cell. Okay. Yeah. There's a learning curve there. There is a it's learning curve. Still working curve. on it, but I'll get yep. there too. Maybe I'll maybe I'll talk to you about how to do a couple of things that are inhibiting my my ability. Okay. I I, I don't like the way my braille display is set because it, it's putting underlines with every letter and I hate it. Oh yeah. So. I I know what you mean. If I don't know the answer, I know people who do. Very good. Okay. So, um, other things that uh, other things that we expect this year. One of the things I'm looking forward to, since we're talking about technology, is I am looking forward to getting an opportunity to um, check out the the new device that um, <clears throat> Orbit Research is plan is planning to. Uh, to market this year, which is the equivalent of a Braille and Speak. Uh, my understanding is that they've run into some production difficulties, um, but they they are still in line to release it sometime before conventions this summer. And so I think that'll be exciting. Um, I, I I think that will be great fun That's to cool. play with because it's it it again is going to be a, a relatively inexpensive way of, um, of 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 taking notes and keeping track of stuff. And if it is anything like Braille and Speaks, there are going to be an awful lot of people who will fall in love with them. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. I, I think I think there is. A significant market for that. I do too. Yeah, based do too. on price, based yep. exclusively on price. Yep. Um, there's too many people who cannot afford. I do think, however, the distribution of Braille book readers by NLS um, will have a tendency to slow down the adoption of the Orbit device. I know they are not comparable. I know they are not comparable. But assume that you have not had much access to technology as a matter of finance. And now you get this free thing from NLS. Uh, And it does not come with training. You're going to be absorbed in working out how to use it and make it productive in your life and that kind of stuff. So I think it will yep. slow things down. Uh, not won't eliminate it. I think there'll be people like you, Paul, who, Ooh, it's a new Braille device, a uh, Braille keyboard. Yes. But a new Braille device who will simply uh, do it and see if they're going to fall in love with this, the way they have memories of the Braille and speak back in the day. Right. I think I think the only reason that that I might be inclined to disagree with you, Brian, is that the e-readers don't allow you to note take. Correct. 
Um, and, and I think that, that what people used Braille and Speaks more for than anything else was note taking. No um, question. Because there, you know, we didn't have um, nowadays, nowadays it would be, it would be amazing to think what people would use Braille and Speaks for. Um, but because there, there are so many more, more options out there. I mean, you can get Braille books that you would be able to read with a, with a Braille and Speak pretty easily. Um, but it was a lot harder to get when, when the Braille and Speak first came out. And so we, we, we live in a very different time, I think, in terms of what, what relatively inexpensive technology can do for us. So, um, but we'll have to see. It'll, it'll be fun to see exactly how it all works out. Uh, Brian, is there any other technology you're looking forward to this year that you know about? It's not technology for the blind. It's technology, though, that is going to be, in my opinion, as transformative as um, the computer chip. And that is artificial intelligence. Yep. There is a program I just started to use yesterday. I shouldn't say it's a program. It's a website called Chat GTP, Golf Tango Papa. And it allows you to ask questions in sentences and it does amazing things example today i wrote uh, how do blind people cook and bake and included in that i said please write me a two-page article on this subject and it did in less than 20 seconds i read it and it was 95% accurate. <coughs> Pretty amazing. That, that is a game changer. Uh, Google has found a way to detect when something's posted that was created by an AI. But there are secondary sites that you can take that AI-generated document and send it to them, and they'll reorganize it a bit so that it's not recognizable by uh, software that detects such things. So text is one. And again, you could say, write me uh, an article, write me an outline, create for me a PowerPoint presentation. Write me a high school term paper. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Write my resume. Write my cover letter when doing... Uh, a job application. Write my will. Those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, uh, the other one, part of it, is it's not just limited to text. Though that's where I'm going to use it the most. You can also use it to generate um, uh, pictures. You can ask it to please generate a picture of a astronaut on the back of a horse 
Now, see, that's where I think it will be most useful or very useful to blind people because it's really hard to find pictures, you know, for us to find exactly. pictures. So exactly. So photos, that's awesome. Wow. And you can say, and I want that picture to look as good as when a small thumbnail uh, or on a postcard or on a t-shirt. You can do all those kind of things and it will send it to you and it will send you multiple choices on these things. And if you don't like what you get in the first place, you simply say, please try again. And it will come up with others. That what's is this, your criteria. What's it is, there, is there a cost for it, Brian? You can tell us about that too. It's through something called um, Open, I want to say it right. Yeah, openai.io openai.io i believe and there's several of these artificial intent artificial intelligence tools one that i thought was another interesting one is one that can generate art so you yep. tell it heard I'd about like that one. have i'd like to have uh this picture you submit it to it done as if it were painted by david in pointillism uh, style of painting and it will do that and you can say no i'd like you to change that face into this other face so that it looks like this particular uh photograph but now it's paul's face instead of brian's face in it you know whole dark webish kind of thing if you will and of course there's artificial intelligence out there that can duplicate your voice so artificial intelligence that can generate musical scores so what what are the implications of the of of these kinds of developments brian well i would think one is um we're not going to be able to tell the difference between reality and ai generated reality right uh you know it's one thing for people to photoshop but this thing is capable of making the shadows correct uh it's pretty scary you know it is uh, there's an ai out there that can generate you say okay i want uh this person to have auburn hair, uh, ears that are close to the head, eyes that are have uh, heavy brows, uh, aquiline nose, wide lips, and a cleft chin. And with that information, it will generate a picture of that person that doesn't exist at all. It's not like a, a, a. Then you can just label it Brian Charleston and put it on your passport. Uh huh. <laughs> that kind of thing, my friend. So, so there's other, always other going to be a way that's negative. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think one is um, people are going to utilize these tools to act as virtual personal assistants in a different way sure that what we have been doing um and i think that will make a big difference currently 
they've they took uh, the web and all the information therein uh, as of 2020 and put it into these uh, artificial intelligences. So anything that happened in the last two years, it won't know about. But it allows them to do things so quickly that they you can virtually write your 10-minute speech in 10 minutes. So, but let me ask whether you think there is a danger that as these um, systems become better, the vast majority of people in this country uh, will cease to need to be literate. Uh, no, I think they have to be literate at this point because what you're getting is uh, an electronic file that contains this material. Yeah, but and they could, warn you but, that. Yeah. Oh God, they warn you that you need to vet the information they're presenting. And you need uh, to be able to make sense of what's given back to you. You can't sure. ask it a question and know whether what it returned to you was true or misleading or whatever, uh, unless you insert the human experience after the fact. But Brian, I but would I, argue. Yeah. I would argue that that two things are true. Um, first, your electronic file can just as easily be spoken with with high quality speech synthesis that's already out there. Um, and second, um, that that speech recognition is good enough that probably ninety nine percent of the time, the interface you could use to input information would also could could also be. Uh, be using speech without a question so for me there's no question that it's going to be transformative right in one form or another it's going to be transformative every time an invention was created uh, i virtually every time there was if you will the dark side and the positive side of that thing uh, so I expect that there will be that as part of it. But it's going to be so transformative. When you put on your smart glasses, you will not need uh, anything like um, the vision assistance programs we've grown interested in. Be My Eyes, Ira, those kinds of things, where they're heavily dependent on human intervention, you could just as easily plug in an AI to give you that same information, pattern recognition, et cetera, et cetera. And My it understanding, be radically less expensive. Right. My understanding is that Ira is looking at some of that. Oh, yes, they absolutely are. Yeah, they absolutely are. That was their original intent. In fact, right. was this this human stuff is just a stopgap as we work toward making this so that it's entirely AI. Well, I, I'm I am less sanguine 
than you are about it. It's it scares me to death. I, you know, we we could be the last truly literate population. Um, You've read you enough know, science fiction, as have I. Yes. To have seen um, writers' expectations or their yes. concepts of this future that is upon us. Mm-hmm. Ray Bradbury yes. did and that of course a lot. The, <laughs> sure. The, yeah. the, right. So the number one thing, of course, is does artificial intelligence get so intelligent that, that it really is a person? Well, that's 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 another whole issue. That that but yeah. I I guess and I I uh, but it 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 I think we can also go further and say are we are we actually to the place where um 20 or 30 years from now um all of the books that we want to read are are actually going to be available in that same interface um and and where uh because everybody has adopted this interface if they can afford it and at the moment they can um they're going to be able to. Uh, they're going to be able to obviate the need, perhaps, for public libraries. Well, you have other problems in that regard that already exist. <laughs> exactly, all of you, you do. All of you, all of you folk who read on your Kindle, uh, any kind of uh, service that the local public library provides you for getting. Ebooks uh, through your library card. The libraries don't own those; they right. rent them. And, and, and there's no and guarantee. The, Go ahead. And the rental and the rental agreements uh, are organized in such a way that that libraries are finding it more and more difficult to afford to acquire the amount of reading that their patrons want. Yes, but but again, but again, the concept is libraries have been a place where you collected books, yep, and periodicals, yep. Now they're buying less and renting more. Yes, it saves them the cost of storage. It saves them the cost of uh, shelving, reshelving those kinds of things of lost property, just a whole variety of things. Right. And but, and let's be clear, lest we get yeah. lest we get um over overjoyed with the fact that that's public libraries. The fact is that NLS would love to be able to do precisely the same thing and probably will within 10 years. Uh, it, it's my expectation that our understanding of things is going are going to radically change as a result of these kinds of things so for me for me i'd rather look at the positive of these things yeah you know what you what is it trust but verify kind of thing Mm -hmm. yes um i think also though um we are fooling ourselves you know the rapidity of change is not something that you can undo yeah when I had an education, when I got my education, I learned how to do mathematics, yep. how to read, how to write. Yep. 
but there was one tenth the information out there mm-hmm. then than there is now. Probably even that might just be an underestimation. It might be a hundred times more information. Oh, oh it, oh, it so is. So it's more important that a person learn how to find what they need, find the information they need when they need it. But we have should we be building up? Just so you yeah. know. Very oh, good. they are good. Good. I'm going to ask you one more question, Brian, and then then we'll get to hands. (coughs) Should we be concerned with some of the directions that that we've taken? For example, you talked about doing math, and right after after we went to school, um, calculators came along and became so expensive that it, it, it it was not an issue for people in terms of getting calculators. And even if you wanted, you could, for relatively small amounts of money, A, get accessible calculators, but B, um, get accessible scientific calculators where um, it was no longer necessary for, for a lot of people to learn the, the steps that had to be taken in order, in order to perform mathematical functions without calculators. Um, do, do we know, because I don't, um, whether whether there really has been a decline in the ability of youngsters to do math on their own? There I has the grocery stores. Yes. <laughs> grocery stores. Bef- excellent. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. for me, though, when you take a look at that, so much of what makes uh, a human a human is the ability to cross-reference what would appear to be unrelated information. Yes. And to, if you will, intuit something through that process. What makes a calculator not make a math dummy out of people is you have to know how to formulate the question for the calculator to come up with the answer. Yeah, it's it's so, it's yeah. I I, I get that. I, I'm I'm not sure it convinces me, but anyway, we have some we we <laughs> have some, some hands. hands. We'll 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 get back to this on a future program, Brian, because I think I think it's important for us to explore exactly what some of these changes are going to mean um, for us as blind people, but and and for the society as a whole. Um, and, and and I think it would be fun if we put a panel together. We can we can think about who those folks might mm-hmm. be. Um, but I think that's a that's a future show without question. Miss Marianne, who we got? We have Jane. Hey, Jane. You may unmute. It says you can unmute. Suspend. Oh, she uh, uh, you use AI to do it, Jane. Yeah, there we go. You can unmute Jane. I think Jane sent me a birthday greeting, which was very nice of her. Oh. Thank you, Jane. Oh. There, you there we go, Jen. Okay, now can you hear me? Yes, we, we can. can. Now we can. Now I have nothing to say. That took my away. Um, I was going to say that 
Uh, I have to go back to the creation for just a minute because I think that God created this universe. I don't. So I start there, and and it makes me both fearful and fearless uh, about technology. I don't. I think we are going to have to learn as many skills to manage technology as we have to learn to manage ourselves. But I also think that the realm of expertise required in technology lacks the intuitiveness. And I think some great technicians are going to argue that with me, um, that you have to really be intuitive to figure out how to make your machine do things. You have to be willing to experiment. Or or, or you have to demand an interface from your machine that enables you to do that. Yes. So... I'm really thinking about this topic, so that that that's all I want to say right now is that I think that um, when push comes to shove, I am thankful that all of us, all of this is in God's hands, and uh, that doesn't mean that we don't have a huge responsibility to understand what's happening and how to work with it. Um, I think it's just as hard for me to do math with a calculator as it is for me to sit with my head and say, okay, if I'm going to buy something for $7.27 and I'm giving them 100 what's my change going to be? What are the largest denominations and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, so I think we have to understand how they're alike and different. And that's it for this minute. Thank you. We appreciate <laughs> Thank it, Ms. Jane. Thank you for calling, though. And, and 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 we can also ask whether whether there there are going to be differences, and this will certainly be part of our future show, Mr. Brian. Whether yes. there will be differences um, in in terms of the way that people will be able to use this new technology based on uh, where they live and and the kind of education that they've had and the kind of environment they live in too, um, and the kind of support they have. Oh, I think that's true. To learn. Because yep. yep. I've just moved from a from one place where there was remarkable access to support as I got a hold of additional technology mm-hmm. to another place where getting that same stuff is very slow. And I'm just, come on. Come it's on, come it's on. tough. Yep. Yeah. Miss Jane, thank you so much. That's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Miss Marianne. Melanie. Hey, Melanie. Hello. Um, I wanted to speak once tonight because I've been advised to go to the ER. We're trying to make that happen. We've got some barriers. So if I'm in here, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Um, when I was reading your <clears throat> the email, and it's fine. You got it out late. That happens. Local yep. chapters and state affiliates, where I really want to see us go is advocacy, more on the local and state level. And I love Terry Pacheco's suggestion regarding um, more members helping out the advocacy team because they've got a lot to do. Um, and I want to use the particulars of my unusual situation. It's taken me more and more to work with it. And I got a chance to do that with Disability Rights Ohio and went down with our executive director. Nice. As far as access to barriers to mental health. And I gave MHWC application everything I had. Um, 
And right now we're thinking there's a whole bunch of extra things happening here. So that we're the only two that responded. A whole bunch of organizations were asked and Ting and I, she specifically sought me out and had to do some persuading. So, um, and also I really want to see, because the chapter is, the Columbus chapter is allocating funding for transportation. Any visually impaired chapter member is going to get a certain amount of funding depending on how many meetings they attend in person. But anyone who attends that is not a member yet, they want to increase membership, including nationals. They want to help out with transportation since we're having so many issues with our code. Amazon? This time, right now. What time um, is it? <laughs> You're unmuted, Brian. I'm trying to... I hit the... I hit the mute. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> That's too bad. But I think um, I I, I think those are those are extremely good points, and thanks for for bringing it up. That 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 was something we wanted to discuss, <clears throat> and uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, in in my opinion, and I suspect in Brian's as well. Really, where the rubber meets the road for ACB, in our opinion, is is at the state and local level. Um, first, because there are a bunch more of us. The fact is that at the national level, when you come right down to it at conventions, there's a tiny proportion of our membership that's there. Um, and just reaching out at the national level to try to get to all of our members is is very often a losing cause. We have we have magazines and we have websites and we have email lists and all that sort of good stuff. But the fact is um, that it's far more effective if we can get our state affiliates to take leadership in making things happen. And there are some of them that do a really good job of that. Massachusetts is a good example. California, in some respects, is a good example. Um, Florida has done um, some pretty useful things. Uh, but, but unless we have those state affiliates, it's not going to work. I think the other thing that's beginning to happen, and I, and I thought we might perhaps talk about some of those things, is it's a lot easier now for the state to to interact with local chapters um, than it's ever been before because of the existence of Zoom and other things. We aren't required to do in-person meetings in order to maintain contact and in order to provide education and access. So um, I think at least there's huge potential this year um, to develop some systems at the state level that would cause state affiliates to take the lead um, in in creating an ability for local chapters to become more involved in doing some of the things that it's more important for them to do locally. Um, and just to, I'll shut up in a second, but just to talk about four examples where that's the case. Um, services to older people who are blind is primarily a local exercise. Um, there are there are agencies on aging that that function within the county rather than anywhere else, and that's an area where we where we all really need help. Um, secondly, um, decisions that are made about our kids in schools are made by school boards. They're not, for the most part, made by departments of education. Third, um, all of the transportation issues that we have to deal with are, for the most part, local issues. And it doesn't matter how much we do at the national level or at the state level. It's really at the local level where the rubber meets the road. And, and we could come up with 
um, bunches of, of other instances where being able to actually be seen and be active at a local level can make a huge difference. So, um, so thank you for raising that, Ms. Bellin. I think it's a really good point. Um, anybody else from, from the kind of um, production group want to add anything else to the, the issue of state and local chapters? There's no question in my mind that ACB is and should accept the fact that it's a confederation. Mm -hmm. It is the sum of its parts. Uh, there are certainly things that need to be dealt with on a national level. And the technologies you're describing can assist in making that better. Mm -hmm. There are things that have to be dealt with on the state level uh, because they're either funded by the state or the Supreme Court has determined that that's a state's rights area. Yep. And then you've got the local municipalities. When a, whenever somebody says, well, we got to, there ought to be a law. So fine, you go through the process of passing a law. Then it goes into the hands of federal agencies who turn those laws into regulations. And then those regulations have to be implemented and they have to have a means of checking whether or not they're actually being done. Uh, so that checking is impossible to do on the national okay. level yep. by an organization mm -hmm. such as ours. Dealing with uh, conforming, or whatever the word is, uh, has to be monitored by us as mass transit users, as uh, people consuming education in one form or another, either as a parent or as a student ourselves. That can't, there are too many municipalities that get away with things because nobody's monitoring the implementation of it. I had a couple of roads that went under major reconstruction over a six-year period, and one of them, they went and put apex curb cuts, the whole length of a one-mile road. Oh, my. Rather than uh, perpendicular ones. But the regs required required perpendicular unless it was architecturally impossible. And Which only it one of those intersections had that problem. Mm -hmm. So we have to be on our toes to make sure things happen the way it's intended to happen. Uh, and that requires a robust and willing group of individuals to do that. It has unfortunately been my experience. You know, the whole 80-20 uh, rule, right? 80% of the work gets done by 20% of the people. Yep. That kind of thing. Um, and that's all fine and good. There are people who are going to have expertise in one area or passion in one area, not in another. But it does require a, a kind of, a, what do they call that? A uh, You have to have enough people in the mix to pull that off. So yeah, a, size a, a sort does of a, matter. Yeah, a, a, a minimum number of people are necessary if you're going to be able to push stuff forward. 
Right. Yep. Critical mass. Yep. That's the phrase yep. I was looking for. Critical mass. So I think that the electronics of today do allow that, not only because um, people find it easier to attend something virtually than they do physically as a result of access to transportation. It's also levels the playing field when it comes to those who have and those who have not. Uh, not inexpensive to go to a conference or, or a convention. Uh, and by allowing it to be virtual for those who, uh, for any of those reasons, uh, can't attend, it should be a great equalizer and a great opportunity to engage more people in the day-to-day -day work of ACB and our affiliates. One of the interesting things for me, Brian, is is there is no federal law relating to white cane usage. It's all state laws and local ordinances. Absolutely true. Of course, there's another whole question as to whether there should be a federal white cane law, and I'm not sure why there isn't. So we can research that and maybe right. in the, down the line try to figure out a question. Miss Marianne, do we have other folks? We have Peter has his hand up again. Hey, Peter. Hi, I was just uh, thinking about Brian's comments on on uh, libraries going virtual uh, and mm -hmm. renting. Um, one of the things that that I'm really excited about <clears throat> is that um, the, that because it's not public libraries but subscription libraries. Um, that allow for, um, I think, uh, is going to allow for blind people to be uh, involved in research in a way that they've not been able to, to be before. Um, the seminary that I went to has a subscription library service now and that we're trying to figure out whether or not uh, alumni are going to be able to uh, be able to subscribe. But that, um, I mean, it gives, it gives access with screen readers and um, and braille displays. Um, gives access to things like monographs and um, uh, journals and um, uh, in an accessible format that that just was not available before when we were doing hard copy um, hard copy books. That there are all kinds of journals that you're just never going to be able to get in any kind of audible form um, and would not normally be put in a place like Bookshare or Learning Ally. And that uh, with these subscription libraries, all of that research information is going to be um, available. And um, I, I mean, journal articles that never get printed, um, you know, that somebody has written up, I, I was reading um, some stuff, uh, and there was a, a person that wrote um, this article in Syria, and uh, it was in English, and um, it was a brilliant article. And without without uh, subscription services like that, um, I'd never have access to that ever. Um, you know, it's it's I, a I gotcha. limited, limited audience. So I yeah. um, 
it's one of the things that as we look forward into um, sort of hopeful things for the, the blindness community, um, I think that some of these things are, are really exciting and um, making that we just have to make sure that, that they continue to put this information up in the accessible formats. Yep. Couldn't agree with you more. Yep. One of the things that concerns me is that currently 90% of the books published are published by three companies. Three. Uh, and those companies are uh, very much involved in this rent-a-book approach. It's cheaper for them. Uh, but also, it allows them to put out different editions of the same book that may or may not include uh, some pieces of information. So imagine that a school district in uh, a very conservative location decides that they don't want to have Catcher in the Rye available to their students the way it was written. So they get the modified version of Catcher in the Rye, which takes out those offensive things and replaces them with something else. A world full of different editions of classic books tailored to not offend uh, people of certain with certain beliefs it it bothers uh, me it bothers serious, me yeah. that publishers would do that um, be, be, because they at least to a large degree have been the gatekeepers who've ensured that what we end up with is is literature that isn't censored yeah and, and Brian, I would I would say that it's less likely for something like Catcher in the Rye to be uh, to be edited like that. But that I I I understand what you're saying because um, you know that there are uh, especially history books have been sanitized in a way, um, and and uh, the information of how we get. Uh, history has been manipulated in such a way that um, there are oftentimes you really have to work to to find the the underlying issues going on. Um, you know that at least in some parts of the South, for years um, they never taught the Civil War. That they taught history of the United States to 1850, and they taught history of the United States from 
um, access to information uh, that uh, that uh, copyright laws are going to have to be um, adjusted along the way. I think. Interesting. Absolutely. There's some Peter's of those things that need doing. Question is, do we have a body politic that's willing to step up to the plate and do that? I would like yeah. to think so. I, I tend to be an optimist rather than a pessimist. But when the world is worried about war in Ukraine and all the other things that Paul mentioned, where do you suppose copyright law falls <laughs> in terms of people's attention? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So, um, and then it, I it, this kind of thing can be slow and insidious. Yeah. Well, and 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 I think, I think that's the that's the issue that concerns me because the reality, whether we whether we like to accept it or not, is the the amount of funding that's being provided to local public libraries in in about sixty percent or more of the states in this country is actually falling. Um. And the number of branches that are open is falling. And granted, there are good reasons for that, or there appear to be good reasons for that. But what is more concerning to me is that there is no outcry, or not a, not a significant amount of outcry, that we're hearing in this country about the loss of access to public information or the loss of spaces where colloquies can be held, which is what one of the major functions of libraries were. So scary stuff. Well, scary again, stuff. It, it's, it works both ways. Like Peter's saying, you know, we now have access yes. to things that would never be readily available yep. Yep. because Peter's they right. wouldn't be able to get the attention of a publisher to publish it. Yeah, I mean, so we, when was that's the last time that you, that you read a professor's PhD thesis? Exactly. When I went to college, yeah. when I went to college, my my issue was finding somebody to read me the card catalog. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, so long time ago. But and, and there's no question. I was just I just loaded a new app on my phone that will give me access to 200 magazines free of charge. So I'm going to take advantage of that. That's pretty cool, but, Brian. But for, you know, while I can do that, it means I have access to so much content that it's now uh, I'm responsible for making sure that the content I'm consuming is... Um, real i can understand yeah. people who disagree with me on issues of, of politics how they can have the opinion they have because we read things that agree with us yep. well we just, and we just do that as human beings right and it's arguable that that the internet is particularly in terms of facebook and twitter have been set up so that the algorithms that get used to provide information to us are 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 selected based on what we've read before. Exactly. And that is 
that is one of the reasons why I like to put my hands on a book. Exactly. Yep. So, well, anything anything to add on this sort of state and local chapters, uh, Marion or or um, or Larry? No, no, just to reiterate, I think it's a very good idea for the ACB for chapters, local and state chapters, to have a better connect with the national. I, I think there's a, to- a, a, a serious disconnect between um, national, state, and local. I think there are a lot yeah. of states that are starting to set up at large chapters too, that that operate just on, as as Zoom chapters. Did you guys do that in Pennsylvania? Uh, yes, we do have one. Florida right, has and, one. Florida has one. Mm-hmm. We don't uh, yet. Uh, I, I suspect California will, though, because yeah, yeah. it's a perfect state for that to happen. I think Texas does. Yeah. You guys don't in Massachusetts yet, Brian? Not as of yet. Our membership yeah. committee is working that question right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Excellent. there has to be. You were going to say, Larry? I was going to say, yeah. I think there has to be, and there is seemingly a growing uh swell of people from a state and local point of view because some of our issues are not the national issues mm-hmm. as some of the national issues aren't necessarily ours but I think that will be a benefit in so many different ways especially as it relates to membership uh, and and other things as well but I, I I think we're probably still seeing just part of the iceberg and I think it hopefully will continue on in years to come I don't know how we fix this, but one one of the things that concerns me is this year in California, there were at least two, and I'm thinking maybe even three or four laws that the California Council was directly responsible for getting passed at the state level. Yes. Um, And I I am not so concerned that everybody knows exactly what the chapter and verse of those state laws are. I am absolutely sure that I would like everybody in ACB to know that a state affiliate of the American Council of the Blind has managed to get its state legislature to pass three or four laws that they have championed. Uh, I agree with you. I think it would encourage other people uh, to become more active in getting out there and trying to do something. Hey, this really can be done. And, and, and it can be done by a state that's actually that doesn't have nearly as much money as it used to have and where volunteers far more than paid employees are doing the work again. What about yep. using community for things like that? You know, getting... Yep. I, I, I keep thinking that it, it'd be oh. a good use of community. I think it would be. And I keep, I keep wondering why we, we don't have somebody putting together... Uh, uh, something that happens every week called, I don't know, a f- a affiliate roundup where yeah, we make for- it a point to invite or affiliate forum. That's it's got a good ring to it. But where we invite affiliates to come on and tell us some of the stuff that they're doing so that other affiliates can decide they want to do it too. Because it, it I don't think it's so much that we need more members as we need more focus on things that we need to do to make it to make life better for people who are blind in our states um, am i now muted 
No, no you're you not. not my mute feature is simply not working for me, and I've been called upstairs. So I'm going to have to sign up just a little bit early to go figure out what the problem is. Very good. Thank you, Mr. Okay. Brian. Good night, Brian. <clears throat> we used to have night, a program yeah. that did some of those things on ACB. Well, it was ACB radio at the time. Remember yep. years ago, I don't think it's pop, It's active anymore. I think you can still hear see episodes on the website. But I think that with, especially with regard to what community has done in the last three to four years, that that would be a natural thing that we should take advantage of and start pushing yeah, for. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think, I think Rick Morin actually was the host of that program. He, I think he was. I believe he was. But yep. yeah, I should go look for some of those because I know they're around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a good idea. So state and local affiliates should get more active this year. Other things that, that uh, either of you guys think we should do with regard to ACB or with regard to our, our state and local affiliates, whichever you want. So there are a couple of things that, 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 that I've been, been thinking about. We have talked for a long time uh, about uh, the fact that, that we need to find some ways of uh, empowering a larger number of our members, and we've we we we've got oh things like our our mentoring program, which I think is a really good program. Um, we we have a bunch of stuff that's out there, um, but I think that we that we need to find some ways of creating uh, more involvement at the state affiliate level um, by. Perhaps organizing some um, specific training programs, not just for leadership, but for um, particular de- de- determined topics that that we want to work on. Because I think, for me at least, part of the reason why we have twenty percent of the people doing all of the work is that the eighty percent of folks who are out there in our affiliates aren't very confident in their abilities and don't perceive themselves as capable of doing a lot of the stuff. Granted, there are a bunch of people at state and local affiliates who are just too lazy and will never do anything no matter what. And I'm not suggesting that's not the case. But I think there are a lot of people who can be encouraged to become more involved if if we make it a priority um, to, to create approaches where they perceive themselves as valued, welcomed, and trained. So, I'd I'd like to see ACB and our local chapters work in in that area. Uh, I think it I think it would make a lot of sense. And and I think the other thing that that I'd like to see state and local chapters do is it's really easy to go on from one meeting to the next unless you pretty intentionally say to yourself. Let's develop a couple of priorities that we want to work on this year. Um, it, it might be we want to establish really good communication with our local transportation authority in order, in order to try to get more directly involved in making paratransit regular transportation better. It might be that we want to get involved with our public libraries in order that the, the, the audible books that are rentable from the library will be accessible to folks who are who are blind or have low vision. It might be um, it might be 
that we want to get involved with uh, our uh, area agency on aging um, to to try to make them more responsive to the needs of older people who are blind who right now are just not getting a, a, a really great deal in terms of all of that. And and I would argue, and, and I suspect that, that both of you guys would agree with me, that, that these are things that every single local chapter in this country, in ACB, could be working on. All Absolutely. of the things I just listed. I, I agree. Absolutely. Because the approach might be the same, but the results might be different depending on the chapter, depending on the locale. I, I think it's a fabulous idea. So I think it's a way to get to get those members involved without, you know, too much, you know, if you have goals like that, you have mm-hmm. a, a vehicle by which to get people involved. And how many members, how many members do we have that don't just don't know how they can get involved? It's right. not yep. maybe that they don't want to. It's I, I don't know what to do. I need, right. I need some guidance. I, I think right. we could find maybe we'll find a few more leaders that will come out of that group of people. Right. And yep. success breeds success. More success. success. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I think I think what, what we tend to do is we tend to say to, to, to state and local affiliates, we want you to do this, 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 and this. And I think what state and local chapters need to do is they need to say, look, we can't do this, 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 and this. Let's just decide on one thing or two things that we're going to work on this year. Because if we if we can do that and we can actually get something accomplished, then then we'll be able to build on that next year. So yeah, I hope I hope we can I hope we can begin to see more stuff done that that creates more connections to local chapters than we have right now. Because I, I think there's I think there's a lot we can encourage them to do. Yeah, so that is interesting. So tonight. Um, on our show, um, we spent some time establishing that resolutions uh, take effort if they're going to work. Uh, we also spent some time looking at some of the things that we think are, are good things that are coming this year. Uh, and, and we didn't spend a lot of time being negative about some of the, the bad things that are coming this year, like uh, uh, possibly, um, possibly inflation and um, uh, and and uh, possibly a, a, a less than stellar ability of the Congress to get laws passed. Um, so there's, I think that what we've established though is the year that we're going to have will depend very much on what we can do and on how we can uh, make changes as we can. So, Marianne, any final thoughts? 30 seconds or so? Uh, no, I don't, actually. I think you've said it perfectly. Yeah, but Mr. Larry? I'm a positive person. And I think, I, I think there's good things that conceivably could be happening in the next year as well. And I'm, I'm all for that, and I hope it does come to pass. Thank you. So, I think next week we're, we, we may actually go ahead and, and start to at least explore uh, what what the implications of artificial intelligence are likely to be. Uh, I think it'll be the first show, and what I hope we'll try to do next week is just to lay some of the foundations for people 
in terms of what some of the implications of uh, artificial intelligence becoming more widely available are. And then down the road, hopefully, we'll be able to have some debates and to get some guests on who can talk specifically about some of the developments with regard to artificial intelligence. So we hope that everybody will join us when we begin to talk next week on Tuesday topics about when machines get more intelligent than we are. Good night.